Well, it's good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. Good to see you people get excited about the Lord. It's good to have a big lady with us today. You came here as a kid. So good to have you. Thank you for coming. We have other visitors. We're glad to have them. And uh, we need to keep in mind Lori and her family this weekend. Uh, Evelyn passed yesterday into eternal life, into the presence of Jesus. So let's pray for them as, uh, as we think about this. Uh, I had something else on my mind. Oh, pray for Wyatt. Wyatt, right? He's, uh, Charlie, doing well, right? Yeah. Amen. Let's keep, keep them in prayer. Keep Charlie, little Charlie and, and his family in prayer. Keep Roger in prayer. Pray for Roger that he'll continue to get well. Let's look now at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Uh, I want you to look with me at first five verses. First five verses of Luke chapter 6. All right. You follow me as I read uh, the subheading or the heading over my chapter says, Behavior on the Sabbath. Jesus is having a confrontation with the Pharisees about the Sabbath day. And the Sabbath day, of course, uh, was originally on Saturday, the Jewish Sabbath. They would work all week. And then on the Sabbath, the last day of the week, they would worship, right? On the last day, and they'd go to the priest. And there's a lot, a lot of things when Jesus came, the, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, a lot of things he changed, didn't he? We no longer have a human priesthood, do we? In the sense that we have to go to a priest, right? Because we all have access to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to take our offering to the temple and things like that. A whole lot of things the Lord changed, and some things he just absolutely done away with, right? So we're going to get some of the authority for the changes in our text. Look at it. And it came to pass on the second Sabbath <clears throat> after the first that he went through the cornfields and his disciples uh, plucked the ears of corn and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. And certain of the Pharisees said unto them, Why do ye that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day? <clears throat> Jesus answering uh, them said, have you not read uh, so much as this, what David did when himself was a hungered and they which were with him? How did he went into the house of God and did take and eat the showbread and gave also to them that were with him, which is not lawful. Notice, which is not lawful to eat but for the priest alone. Key verse. And he said unto them, that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. <laughs> Boy, that's good, isn't it? If you really get a hold of it. So, as I was saying, I was wanting to get down to Luke's inclusion, a short version of the Beatitudes in chapter 6. That's where I wanted to be. And, of course, as happens to you sometimes when you're reading the Bible, uh, the Holy Spirit catches you. 
and, and you get stuck somewhere, and you got to investigate, and you got to look up other things and learn some stuff from it. So I got caught up in verse 5. And what leads up to it, Jesus and his disciples are, are, are walking through a cornfield, and they're just pulling corn, and they're rubbing it with their hands, and they're eating. They're just eating. It's, it's on the Sabbath day, and they're just doing this, and they're eating the corn there. And I wonder, you know, what a big thing. I wonder if it's sweet corn or filled corn. That's what I want to know. If it's sweet corn, I'm with them all the way, amen? Man, you can eat that right off the, off the cob. It's good. No cooking. So they're doing this thing. They're, they're enjoying themselves. Can you just see them? They're just casually walking through that cornfield, and, and there's 12 of them, 13 of them at least, counting Jesus. And, but something happened. Uh, something became controversial. Isn't that, doesn't that happen all the time? Something that's just you're taking for common that you do, and you're not thinking a thing about it. There's been no rule against this. There's been no law about this. And then somebody said, Ho, 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 you can't do that. Verse 2, and certain of the Pharisees, certain of the Pharisees, they were probably certain too, they said unto them, Why do you that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day? Now the passage is recorded, and I, I, I overlooked this thing, but it's recorded to show us the authority of the Lord Jesus also show us the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. So we need to see the authority of Jesus and the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are not all dead yet, right? Huh? Have you, are you honest enough to say there's been times that you have been a Pharisee? Raise your hand. Yeah, I have. I have done that. And so we need to understand the the law of Deuteronomy in Deuteronomy. Now it taught that it was permissible to you to eat corn in a cornfield on the Sabbath day. It's, it's in the law that you, you couldn't harvest it in the sense of, of, of commercial profit. But it's okay if you're hungry to go and take out of the cornfield or whatever field. And that was their that was their system. In Judaism, and, 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 and a given by most, that, that if someone was hungry, they could, they could, you're not out there making a profit. You, you, you're not supposed to go out there and harvest another man's field. Now, that's a little different than in our culture, isn't it? In our culture, you better not enter into the cornfield and do anything, or, or you know, you may get shot. But that was, in their culture, it was permissible for a person to go and just take some corn. If they're hungry, enough to feed them at that time. So Jesus is not breaking the law, but according to the Pharisees, he is breaking the law. And Pharisees always, always are prepared to attack you. And if they're not prepared, they're getting prepared to attack. And they're attacking Jesus in the Gospels constantly. Now the Pharisees have added, they had added a thousand additions uh, to what the law had 
was given from God about the Sabbath day. They had a thousand additions to it. In other words, they added this and they added, and they said, you know, that's a good idea. Let's write that down too. Uh, oh, oh man, I, you know, my brother-in-law, he runs the bank down. He's got an idea. Let's put his in there too. And they had a thousand additions. And here's what they were saying, that if you pick a ear of corn, you're harvesting. I'm on a combine here, you know. If you're picking ear of corn, you're harvesting. And you'd say, what? Right? Technically, you're harvesting. And if you're rubbing it together, you are threshing. You follow it? Man, they got this system down pat. It took them a thousand laws. I don't know which one it was that got to that, got that to so it was wrong, but they, they finally come up with something to, to, to make that a catch to get people. And the trouble is, and I want to share this with you because so many times you need to, you need to listen to what I'm saying here in, in your experiences. The trouble you get into when you take a teaching and a truth and you just keep carrying it out and carrying it out to the minute detail, you get yourself where not only do others violate it, but you'll get yourself where you're a sinner also. You follow me? You know, the, the, the length of dresses and the, and the not wearing this and the that. You know, all these things that have some good policies behind them have to be balanced by reason and reality and just being honest. If you become a Pharisee, if you become a legalistic Pharisee, you watch it. You will continue to add and add and add to the point that no one can live up to the standard. And you, you know, if you want to be a legalistic person on the right or the left, you can't allow anybody to get to the right of you. you got to go to the right of them. Anybody know what I'm saying? It, it, there's no end to it. You just got to let go and let God. So Jesus and the disciples, uh, they were laboring according to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are wagging their finger at Jesus. First of all, think about that. Wagging your finger at Jesus. And you know, here's what happens. We, you say, well, well I'm not like them. Well, wait, wait just a minute for a minute. Wait just a minute. Stop. Pause. Put it on pause. Let's stop here and think about something. Well, preacher, it doesn't look good for them to be out there in that corner. Do you? It doesn't look good. Well, uh, somebody might get the wrong impression. Somebody might get the wrong impression if they do that. Well, somebody else is going to come along, and they're going to take it a little further than what you did. Uh, they're going to take, then somebody else will come on, and they'll take it a little further than you did. Do you see where you cannot take a teaching from the Scripture and just keep adding and adding and adding until if you keep doing that, you're going to get yourself where no, it, it, you're going to become, you're going to, you're going to go way past where it needs to be. Are you with me? Do you follow and if you're a legalist, you don't get it. And you've got to be honest with yourself. That, hey, I'm, an, I'm a legalist. You need to be honest with yourself. Now, Romans, and some of us are legalists, and we need to be honest and lay it on the altar and get right with God. 
Romans 2, 1 says, Therefore, thou art inexcusable. (laughs) Wrong word. Thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest dost the same things. That's the same thing. Now, it doesn't matter what rule you got in life. I don't care what rule you got. You've got to be careful, left or right, because you're going to end up, if you keep take, taking that thing and developing it, and, and, and you, go past, you go past the truth, and you, you've stitched it together like the Pharisees, added a thousand rules to the Sabbath. You're going to get it so you, thou doest the same thing. Now listen, God does not save us based on our legalistic principles of what we don't do and what we do. He judges us based on our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, whether he is our Savior or not. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 to 5 says, Judge not till you be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, and considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pluck, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thy own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy eye brother's eye and by the time you get that moat out of your eye the Holy Ghost has already convicted you is why you doing that anyway boy? and you have a little mercy on somebody now all of these things can and should be considered all right did you hear the balance I just told you that you know you take it too far well it doesn't look good and somebody might get the wrong impression and and, and, and somebody else will take it farther than they took it, and somebody else will take it farther. I've told you that side of, of, of the argument. But now I want you to consider that things that are questionable have to be thought through. Right? You do have to think through things, and you have to consider questionable activities. <clears throat> but it's, it's for yourself to start with. That's first. We need, to, we need to be covering our own ground. And then the, the, the real question is, how does it relate to Jesus? How does it relate to Jesus? Now, I have Romans 14. I want to read this to you. Romans 14, verses 1 to 8. Uh, him that is weak. Have you ever been weak? Most of us have. Him that is weak in the faith receive you, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs, vegetarians, vegans. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him that eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth, yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteem one day above another, another esteem every day alike. 
Let every man be fully persuaded. There it is. Fully persuaded in his own mind about his own business. I could, that's an addition to the Scripture there. I, I, I'll make sure you understand that. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, and he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. For none of us live to himself, no man dieth to himself. For whether he liveth, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Paul's talking to everybody sitting out there judging people, isn't he? He's saying, all right, one man eats, and one man goes uh, here, one man goes there, one man does this, one man that. He said, that's not the big deal. The big deal is Jesus Lord. So, him that is weak does not, and he that is not weak, he does. And you've seen people do things, and you say, oh, I can't believe they've done that. I just, I would have never thought they would do such a thing as that. And they were doing something that they didn't have a slightest problem with doing it. They were not convicted about it in no way. And here's the thing. As a Christian, you have to develop your convictions. And you cannot put them on other people, make it a template for everybody in the world. You have to come up with your own convictions about certain things. I'm talking about questionable things. I'm not talking about things we already know are wrong. I'm not talking about things we already know are right. I'm just saying there's things in the clouds there's things in the shade. There's things in the gray that we have to have our personal conviction about. And then as a Christian, we have to come to the place where we don't look at someone and judge them based on what they're violating in our little gray areas. Give them a break, man. That's growing up. In other words, you grow up to the place where whatever you do doesn't make an effect on me in a negative way. doesn't cause me to excuse or excuse anything whatsoever. There, there are times to think about consequences of action. For example, something that you do that, that, that it's, no, it's not great to you, it's okay for you to do, and someone else uh, might see it as wrong. There's times that you, you don't do it. Don't do it in front of them or, or don't put it in their face. Are you with me? Still with me? Or have I lost you now? You don't, you don't, so, so they're here, so you invite them over to your house and, and <clears throat> you turn the television on and, and, uh, and, and they have a strict policy uh, of no TV whatsoever. Don't turn the TV on. If you want to go extra mile, put a blanket over it. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just saying there's things you need to think about that, you know, but, but you just don't become a judge with it. You don't become like one of the Pharisees. Have I totally got you confused yet? Well, here it is. I won't, I'll try not to get you there. Jesus, it says in verse 5, is Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is Lord of all things, isn't he? Uh, when, when he told them, uh, you're not allowed to do that, that's what they said. They said to the Lord of glory, you're not allowed to do that. They didn't understand who they were talking to, apparently. Or they didn't care. But Jesus is very Christ-like here, very God-like in the fact that he's very patient with them. You know, that's why I'm not God. Because I probably wouldn't have been very patient with them. 
I'd probably call a little fire down out of heaven and strike on like Elijah did. Elijah's more my type. Fifty men, gone. But he, he, he went to the Scripture, didn't he? And he took verse 3. And he gave them a, an example from Scripture and said, Look here, it's not about rules and regulations whatsoever. Look at verse 3. And Jesus answering them said, Have you not read? <laughs> That's your problem. You read it, but you didn't read it. You know, I was reading the Bible. When I read this this week, I said, I've read that, I don't know how many times, but I've never read that. You know what I'm saying? i just never read that. There's so many times. God's Word is fresh and new all the time. And there's so many times I've read, I've read this a thousand times, and I didn't read that. I didn't see it. Holy Spirit brings it to your attention, doesn't he? And so Jesus said, have you not read? I think he says it in that way because they're pharisaical, they're judgmental. And if they were more uh, in favor of, of grace, Jesus said, let me just tell you what the Bible says here. He said, have you not read so much at, as this, what David did? Have you not read what David did? When himself was hungry, and they which were with him. Now Jesus is relating it to the hunger factor. You're right, the hunger factor, why they were in the, in the, the cornfield to start with. And they were with him how he went into the house of God and he did take and eat the showbread and gave also to them that were with him which is not lawful to eat but for the priest alone. All right, so David, Jesus said, well, you know, you, you, you're not very familiar with the scripture where Jesus, uh, where, where David, he went into the, into the temple, um, the, the tabernacle, he went into the tabernacle, and he took the showbread that was yesterday's showbread, actually, because I've read the, the background. He said, I took the, he took the, the, and it was fresh. It was great. You know, how many of us eat bread that's one day old? We don't get it about a week later, right? And so he said he took that bread, and he did eat of it, and he gave his disciples, and they all ate. They were hungry, and they, they ate it. Isn't this a great lesson for us to learn from Jesus? It's not about rules. I know some of us need to hear that. Actually, David did more than Jesus did, right? Right? So here's the lesson. It's, it's okay to go, do good on God's day. It's okay to do good on God's day. And the lesson here that human needs are above ordinances and rules and regulations. Human needs. Reality here. He said David was hungry and they that were with him was hungry and he went into the house of God and he took the showbread off the table that were the priest. Actually, he asked the priest for it and the priest handed it to him. The priest apparently knew that human needs are more important than rules and regulations and the ceremony is not what it's about. If you take a ceremony and you destroy someone with the ceremony, you've defeated the purpose of the ceremony. We're, we cannot be legalistic about such things. Neither should we be respectful towards them either. Neither should we be disrespectful towards them either, right? Right? There's a balance there. There's a place. Uh, life, human life is above these things. And, 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 and so he, he goes on, verse 6, And it came to pass uh, in another Sabbath that Jesus entered into the synagogue 
and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered, a man with a withered hand. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him, watching Jesus, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said unto the man, now listen, he knew their thoughts and said unto the man which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy? Verse 10, and they, looking, and, and looking around about, uh, about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored whole as the other. The reaction, and they were filled with madness. Filled with madness. What? Filled with madness. And commune one with another what they might do to Jesus. Now, they just tried to throw him off of a hill uh, a chapter before. I saw that place, by the way, in January. They were filled with madness. Okay, so, so here's a guy. He's got a withered hand. I'm sure it was all of his life born that way. And Jesus heals his hand. The, the, the reading there uh, was, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And then he said, Stretch forth thine hand to him. And he's, the man just, it's just like he reached out his hand and his hand just grew. It's a miracle, isn't it? Jesus is the miracle worker. But can you imagine? They, they were filled with madness. This is, this doesn't happen unless you're a legalist. This doesn't happen when you have a heart for God. Uh, now, 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 verse 9, Jesus said, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good? It's against the law to do good in our presence here, these Pharisees said, Right? It's against the law. You shouldn't do that good. You shouldn't do good because it's a violation of the Sabbath. Jesus is reasoning with them. Can you see it? He said it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or destroy. Jesus is speaking directly to them and saying, you're doing evil by not wanting me to restore this man's hand. Now, the main reason for this event is for you and I to understand the authority of Jesus. Now, first thing we need to learn, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath day, right? And, and you know, and, but there was a time that we didn't do everything on Sunday in this world. I'm old enough to remember those days. I was young, but there was a time, Dale can tell us more about it because he was there, uh, and when it happened, and uh, he knew that was coming. Uh, but even those days, the hospitals were open, and you could get food on those days. And what else could you do? I don't. I wasn't there. I don't remember. But here it is. 
Jesus said, these things weren't made to restrict you from doing good. These ordinances are not more important than human needs. And then the main reason, verse 5, And Jesus, and he said unto them, that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Now you read that about 50 times and you'll start understanding what he's saying. He says, that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. He's Lord of the Sabbath. You keep on reading it and you'll start getting it. It's hard to get on one read. Now the Sabbath was a big deal to the Jews in Jewish life, and it still is, right? It's a big deal. Now, the day is where they would express outwardly much of what they believed inwardly. It was a great thing to have the Sabbath day. I'm not minimalizing the Sabbath day whatsoever, but he said, he said the Son of Man hath power over the Sabbath day. Now, this Son of Man is the third most often used reference to Jesus. He used it 89 times himself in the Gospels. We don't know how many times he used it, but that's the recorded 89 times. Much, many more times it's not recorded. The first, um, the highest title used, the most often used in Scripture, is Christ. And I'm just giving you this for background. But the, the title Christ. And, and some people think that Christ was his last name. And I don't want to mock you for that, but Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew Messiah. So when you see the word Christ, it's the Greek word for Messiah. So Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus Christ is Jesus is the anointed one. The Messiah means anointed one. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Christ. He's, he's Lord. The second most often used word is Lord, Adonai of the Old Testament. Adonai. Old Testament reference, Psalms 8, Psalms 8, 1 says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, uh, who hath set thine uh, uh, glory above the heavens. The Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, Adonai of the Old Testament, the all-powerful one. Now in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, I'm going to tie some things together. Uh, it won't tie together overnight, but it, it should be tied together after you study. Chapter 2 of Ephesians, uh, uh, Philippians, 2 Philippians, verse 5, let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus. This is the mind of Christ, thinking of himself, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery or anything unequal to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God, Father, also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, of things in earth, of things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that, here it is, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God, the second person of Trinity, came down, born in Mary's womb, 
grew, finished his work. He's ready to be uh, taken to the cross. He goes to the cross. He dies. He humbled himself, and he humbled himself to the death of the cross, and he was in the grave. And he raised again on the third day. And because of that, he is Jesus Christ, the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ. Son of Man is the third most often used reference. And Jesus referred to himself 89 times, as I said. Now, the highest name, which is above every name, is the Lord Jesus Christ, or Jesus Christ the Lord. Now, Son of Man is associated with our forgiveness of sin. He became a man, Son of Man, to down a cross. He became the God-man, but that's not all. Son of Man speaks of his deity in the flesh. He is 100% God, 100% man. Now, Jesus refers to himself as Son of Man. He wants us to get that. And here's, let me give you a good reason. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. My first point is you do good on the Sabbath day, on, on the Sabbaths. My second point is Jesus Christ is Lord. All right. I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit. Now this reference is to the Father whose garment was white as snow and whose hair his head like the pure wool, his throne was like fiery flames, and his wheels, Ezekiel, as burning fire, and a fiery stream issued and came forth from above him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, tens of thousand times, ten thousand stood before him, and judgment was set, and the books were opened. I beheld him then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and times. I saw in the right I saw in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man. Jesus has tied himself to Old Testament prophecy. One like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven. You ever heard that passage before? And they came to the ancient of days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion. Who? The Son of Man in an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and in his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Well, reference ancient days just to God in the olden times. But now we have the ancient of day as we see God and the Son of Man coming to the right hand of the Father, and all power and authority is given unto him. Now, his garment, white as snow, his hair pure as wool, a throne a fiery flame and wheels burning. References to the book of Revelation. We see this. Revelation, Ezekiel, and of course Daniel. Millions of ministers, angels. Millions of angels. 
Wow, it's going to be something. Are you going to be there? Judgment was set. Now, books were open, verse 10, and he judged out of those books. The beast is slain, verse 11, reference to the book of Revelation during tribulation. Chains on him, cast into the lake of fire, the book of Revelation. Antichrist is referred to as being slain here, destroyed. And the dominion of the beast is taken away. All tribulation references. Verse 13, the Son of Man. Jesus comes onto the scene. The clouds of heaven brought before him. Dominion is given. In Revelation chapter 5, the Bible says, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. He's elevated to the right hand of the Father. You go back to the reference in, in Philippians chapter 2. He came down, he humbled himself, he went to the cross, he's in the grave, and he's raised, and that raising doesn't stop here on earth. He is raised up to the right hand of the Father. And now, my friends, listen to me, my friends. Don't you dare believe in soul sleep for a moment. Don't you dare believe that the body dies and you sleep in the ground or you sleep somewhere until the end because there is a man in heaven already. The Son of Man, Jesus Christ, is seated in heaven that ever makes intercession for us that are saved. So why wouldn't there be those that belong to Jesus with him in heaven? Now... <clears throat> He came down, he humbled himself, he was crucified. And in John 17, verse 5, Jesus speaking of himself, and now, O Father, he's about to go to the cross, glorify me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. <laughs> what? What did Jesus Christ just say about himself? He said, I have finished my work in John chapter 17. We studied this in our, our group this morning. And he said, I finished the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me with thine own self, together with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee. Which, which, did y'all read that? You, you better call Jesus a liar or believe that he forever existed. With the glory which I had with thee, before the world was. Don't you fall for this baloney that Jesus was created. He was second person of the Trinity from before there was ever anything. We don't know. He never was. There was never was a time he wasn't. Father, Son, and Spirit. Father, Word, and the expression of God and Spirit. Now, Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath day. Kind of a letdown now, isn't it? <laughs> With all that you think about of who He is and what He is. Jesus is Lord from before creation. Let me ask you something. When was the Sabbath day instituted? If I want to answer that question, you might get it wrong. That's a rhetorical question. It was instituted in creation. Now, you, you, you knew that, obviously, but some stupid preachers are asking silly questions. 
And you never know if they're asking a silly one or a good one. I was asking a good one. When was the Sabbath instituted? In creation. Is there any question to that? All it is is affirmed by Moses in the law. So Jesus established the Sabbath in creation. It's not from the commandments, although it is included. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Did you see that in the scripture? That the Son of Man is Lord also. Also. The Son of Man is Lord also. Did you get it? Also. So, can he do with the Sabbath whatever he wants to do with it? And is he going to reverence the Sabbath day and put it above himself? Or is he going to put it below himself? Well, he's going to demonstrate to us that he is Lord over it by demonstrating that it is under him. You got it? I don't think you've got it as good as I've gotten it because I've read it over and over and over. And there's so much more in what I read. He's Lord of also, don't leave it out, of the Sabbath. And then these puny little Pharisees come up and challenge him about his use of the Sabbath day. And there's puny Pharisees out there today still challenging about the Sabbath day. Jesus implies that I made it. I'll do with it what I want to. Now, Jesus will never sin. That's the only thing we know he'll never do because that's against his character. He'll never sin. But So it's not a sin for him to go out and eat on, on the, the, the Sabbath day and, and go to the coin. Now, he didn't involve anybody else doing the work. He didn't go to the restaurant and, and, and have the waitress come and take care. You know, don't get into all those little rinky-dink details. Keep carrying that thing out. Just take what he said. I got news for you. When Jesus decided to go to the cross before the foundation of the world, he decided to die. And he didn't do a thing on the Sabbath day, but he came up from the grave on the first day. He came up on the first day of the week. Not Saturday. Not Saturday. And people say, well, you worshipers on Sunday or sun, sun worshipers. Well, you Saturday worshipers are Saturday. The Saturn worshipers then. <laughs> I got one for you. <laughs> Let's don't go there. That's nonsense. It's all nonsense. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. I want to say to you, why wouldn't he move it? Because it was such a big thing for the Jewish people. Why wouldn't he move it? So that he could get it out of the way. So that he could be Lord of all. When he died, he slept on Saturday. He came up on Sunday. And the book of Revelation says of John that he was in the Spirit on what day? Sabbath day? Lord's day. The Lord's day was referred to all the time as the Sunday he came up from the grave. Now we worship on the first day. And then we work. We worship first. 
they, before he finished his work on Calvary, would work all week, working their way up to a worship. We worship, and then we work from there because we worshiped. In 1 Corinthians, they met on the first day, and, and Christian tradition tells us they always met on the first day of the week. In the evening service is the institutional beginning of the church meetings, a Sunday evening. When Jesus met with his disciples, he didn't meet with them on the Sabbath day. He met with them on the first day, the eighth day, the eighth day. Not the Sabbath day. Oh, can we count together? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Saturday, eighth Sunday. Is Jesus Lord of the Sabbath day? Yes, he is. And we meet on the first day. Now listen, we're not, we're not going to get into this. We should not get into this thing of debating about days. And if people want to worship on Saturday, Lord help them. I wish they'd do it on Friday too. And Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. But don't make a conglomerated mess about the Lord's day. Jesus is Lord of every day. And if you're one that wants to worship any old day of the week, just worship any old day of the week, but don't judge someone that worships on a separate day in the sense that you have any authority for it. The authority is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's my message today. And I'm sure there were good things and bad things in your opinion. But it's the whole counsel of the text. I have not been swayed by anything other than what he said and what he taught us. I'll just close with this. The most important thing in the world is whether you're going to heaven or hell. None of these other things matter. My teaching today is so that no one sways you about these small things it is right to do good and to put human needs above any ordinance. Jesus is Lord of every day. Let's let him be Lord. I want to say to you, if you're not a Christian, if you're not saved, today is the opportunity for you to give your heart to Christ. He died on that cross for our sins that we could be saved. Let's bow our heads and quietly stand as our musicians come. Son of Man is Lord. Right, let me ask you a question. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? I want to invite you to come today to this altar to pray or to give your heart to Christ. Whatever your need is, you come today. Would you step out of that seat and give your heart to Christ?
dedicate your life to Christ, we invite you to come. You need to make a personal commitment to Christ. Most importantly, you need Christ in your life. You need to be saved. All right, let's sing that out together. You come.